I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello folks and welcome to tonight's Gallant Few Rangers podcast. I'm your host for the evening, Andrew Stewart, and tonight I'm joined by two wonderful guests. Firstly, David Tomlinson, how are you my man? Hey, thanks. Uh, yeah, just a, a busy day for me on the on the Gallant Few. It was on this morning on the newscast and uh, on now, so st- still got my top on, kept it on from this morning. Walking about the house all day with my Rangers top on, so that's <laughs> that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing wrong with that. And also our January signing, uh, Dean. How are you, my man? Very well, thank you, Andy. Thanks for having me. How are you doing yourself, mate? I'm doing good. I'm sure we'll have a good chat tonight about the jails and where we're currently standing. Um, just to remind anybody that's listening, we are top of the league. Say we are top of the league. I think they should make that into a song. Um, if they haven't already, but um, tonight it'll be a quite interesting pod. It's something different, obviously, with the kind of schedule we've had in recent weeks. There's been a lot to talk about a midweek game, a weekend game. Um, this this week we don't have a midweek game. We go straight to the weekend against uh, against Hearts, which will be an interesting game. We'll talk about that later. Um, maybe touch on the game after that, Kilmarnock which are the two, two really important games for us to get points in at this time of the year. I'll start with the... I'll address the elephant in the room. Uh, I've seen some people talking about the title of tonight's podcast, um, maybe pointing towards a certain uh, interview during the week um, with the ever-loved PLZ Soccer. Um, I'm sure I'm sure we've obviously got lots of thoughts about the platform and the people running it. I'll start with the head honcho at that certain football broadcast channel, David T. Peter Martin, or you might call him by a different name. I'm sure he wouldn't thank you for calling his different name. Um, 
I, obviously, I, I don't know. I've, I, I can't say I've, I've read a lot of papers in the past or read a lot of the kind of the old school kind of media that would have been around the team a couple of years ago or around Scottish football as a whole. But what what's your kind of thoughts on the kind of show and, and the kind of you know kind of presence that that Peter Martin has in Scottish football in the media? Well, first of all, it's not Peter Martin; it's Peter Maguire. And somebody that has to change his name to take away how rabid he is, then uh, then uh, it, it's not a good sign right away. The programme is, is is normally a, a bed of rabbits. It's uh, I mean it's uh, yeah it's really difficult for me to to sort of talk about it without even getting angry and 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 uh, but when you've got him sitting there, Alan Roth. Uh, is it Tam McManus? I'll, I'll need to. I could be wrong on that one, but it's McManus that normally sits there. I think it's Tam McManus. Uh, and then you've got Neil Lennon sits there regularly. Now and again, he's got a, a, a range. I mean, Lee McCulloch was on the other night. I seen that, and God knows why, they, why these guys go onto it. But um, I mean, I, they were on STV originally that, that, that I saw it and then it's all of a sudden went onto a YouTube channel. I don't know whether they get thrown out of, of STV. But, it, you know, it's like um, it, it, it's, it's like putting honey on your on your sandwich to try and take the taste away or, or something that's horrible, tastes horrible, to try and take the taste away. And that's what, what, what uh, Maguire tries to do. He's changed his name to take the, the taste away from the horrible person that he is under it. And don't get the. I mean, he tries to do as if he's all very, very in the middle. Um, I, I can go both ways, Rangers or Celtic. Totally can't. Everything he does is totally Celtic-minded. And I said there was something on. Uh, I, I, I think it was with the show Lee McCulloch was on as well, and he said um, there was uh, something about Rangers. And Tim McManus says to him, he says, "Oh, you you'll be sorry about that." And that that just shows you just how how, how bad he is. He, when when they start uh, swinging sort of insults at each other, that the, they are as bad as they are. Uh, I, I don't. It, it comes past me now and again, but I, I don't watch it to be honest with you. I, I, I just wouldn't because it is a a nest of uh, of Rangers haters. That's for sure. Yeah, I have. Some thoughts on the, the, this topic, but I'll I'll throw it towards Dean. The comments were towards James Tavernier. I think, to be fair, questioning his professionalism is a nice way of putting it. Um, mm -hmm. The same kind of slander that we've seen in the media before. You think of certain comments, the Buffalo Brains comments that Chris Sutton chucked at Morelos, TikTok that's <laughs> getting this season, but. Questioning James Tavernier is an interesting one, especially when you're saying that he won't go down as a great Rangers captain. I mean, get, becoming the Rangers captain isn't an easy feat. You don't get given that armband, unless you're Gavin Ray, that is, by chance. You get given it because the manager, the person in charge, thinks you're the man. And I think just slandering James Tav is... It's just a very poor choice, to be perfectly honest. What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, why? Well, it was a. Uh, it's just lazy journalism, pure journalism, whatever you, you want to look at it. And I mean, 
point you just raised there about Tav getting the captaincy, what he signed in 2015, gets the captaincy 17-18 season. Then Gerard uh, comes in and decides to keep him um, captain. Goes on to be the captain that lifted the 55 trophy in an undefeated season. Broke the British record for clean sheets. Um, do you know, and that is, so I'm questioning somebody's professionalism when they achieve that feat is just, that's just absolutely bonkers, really. Um, and to to slag somebody off because they've decided to go, okay, what, stuff at a cowboy board cooking the night, go to take the family to five guys and get a burger for us. I mean, like, it's just been totally, like, blown out of proportion. If it was any other captain of any other club, there would be no media coverage about it whatsoever. There might be perhaps be the odd share from the odd fan on social media and stuff, but it wouldn't come to national headlines and what have you. So, And the guy's got as much credibility as probably Sutton Hartson and Michael Stewart put together. So, you know, um, yeah, we move on. Sorry, I think that's the way that I look at it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's the best way. I didn't want to give too much time to it tonight, to be perfectly honest. Um, I, I, I've, thanks to the great support that we've had on the podcast, been recognised by the club to, to be in the press room environment, uh, and he's been there. Uh, Peter, Peter Martin, of course, obviously it was Gordon Parts made the comment, um, daily record journalist, I think that tells you everything you need to know about what his credibility is in our game and what his opinion is on our club um, but I don't like that the way that ship has ran at all I think that's as you said it's just scraping the bottom of the barrel and the bottom it's just poor I, I can't I, I actually funnily enough I tweeted this at the time and I seen it pop off in the kind of in the a, a group chat the whole situation and I went I wonder why I can't see that in my Twitter feed and I realised I'd blocked PLZ Soccer months before because I just was fed up by seeing it promoting and the flood and it's rancid just dross of media and in, in my my twitter stream um i, I thought that the questions that he asked serial dessers at easter road when me and colin were there were backhanded i think it was a way to poke i don't want to say to make fun of serial dessers but to acutely remind them that you might have scored tonight, but that Rangers crowd doesn't really like you, even though it was he had his song sung. He scored an absolute stunner, a, a perfect finish, but, and he kept poking. You can ask the guy a question once, that's fine, but they keep going back to try and get a reaction out of the player. That's just cruel. But these are the guys mm-hmm. that will come out and, and play the victim card, like Peter Martin did today on Twitter, and say, oh, you're, make, you're attacking me personally. Martin, but Peter Martin, I'll tell you this, mate, if you're listening, which you won't be because you'll probably still be listening to the Celtic State of Minds post yesterday. I'll tell you this. It's got nothing to do with whatever you want to say it is, if it's about, I don't know, a religion or if it's about something you believe in, pal. I'll tell you this. I don't like you because your media is shocking. It is awful and I'd prefer not to see it. But It's just a personal opinion. And that's all it is. It's opinions. We're allowed to have them in case you didn't know. This is why things like this thing on your screen, a podcast exists. So yes, they're quite 
riled up by this, and especially at that, I'll back James Tavernier to the hilt. And you know, he's he's been the captain for majority of the, the Rangers games I've probably seen in my kind of formative years. And I think the amount of criticism he gets, I think the work rate he puts in that goes under the radar. I think Conor Goldson couldn't have been any more correct in his comments he made after the League Cup final. People will start to appreciate James Tavernier fully when he's no longer at the club. When, whenever that is, that's James's decision. But we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Andrew, if I can come in just a minute there. Just, uh, I've just been looking back. I was trying to, I'd read it down this, this afternoon. And if you want to talk about not having respect for captains, I was on the, a, the, a podcast with Cy Ferry, Open Goal, it's called. Callum McGregor was stating a way back then, and I think it was October, November or something like that, that the league was over. Now, that's given, even although we all thought that at that time, that just shows you how much disrespect. If you're going to talk about a, a captain that, that's, that, that's not got respect for other teams, and that's what Rangers have held, Right through the whole war. That's what Clement. That's what that's what put Clement in a, a, a different class. That's what put James Tavernier in a different class. They keep respect for other teams, and that is just what the Parkhead faithful never ever do. They don't respect anybody, and if you don't respect anybody, then you shouldn't get respect yourself. But this league is far from over. Even although we, they, everybody thinks now that it's over, the league's far from over. But when it comes to the captain, no, nobody can attack James Tavernier. James Tavernier is... I know there's a lot of Rangers supporters don't like him. <laughs> let's, be, let's be honest there. There's a lot of Rangers supporters don't like him. But James Tavernier, he didn't get into the Hall of Fame for nothing. There's not been a... a, a I mean, he's, he's up there with the, the best strikers we've ever had, never mind the best the best uh, defenders we've ever had. So... <laughs> No, James Tavernier doesn't have to prove anything to, and especially dicks like uh, like uh, like Maguire, and they uh, shouldn't even give him the time of day, to be honest with you. And he's yeah. he's, 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 he's his other half, Alan Ruff. He's a, he's as bad. As, at least Maguire's got a bit of common sense, I think. Alan Ruff just hasn't got half a brain, to be honest with you. Yep, I think. Uh... Teddy Bears has summed it up perfectly from where we are going now. We're moving on. It's no worth the wasn't it, I was gonna say it was not worth the paper it was printed on, but they probably get kicked off their newspaper platform, so that's why they've had to go into YouTube and try and make their way there. Um I'll talk next about something more positive to change us up. Um I seen footage um today with the Rangers charity, um kind of the kind of latest kind of goodwill that the, the, the club and the charity have been able to put together and it was some really good scenes with the players and and obviously some of the disabled supporters um, getting the opportunity to come into the Rangers training centre and meet the players and meet the manager and the coaches. It, was, it seemed like a very good day and I think uh, everyone involved had a good time but the, one of the things that seeing so many happy faces uh, from the fans to the team I think it's even the players getting to, you know, to meet these people and and just Rangers fans that, you know, <laughs> that's that like me. I mean, Rangers is everything um, 
it's, it's the majority of what my life is about is about Rangers. Hence the reason I'm on a, a podcast about Rangers. Um, and I think the players really kind of took a note, notice to that like, this is what it means to us as supporters. And I think this is going to feel something special. I think you're getting this kind of great togetherness between the fans, the players. We spoke recently, it's, it's, this is the Philip Clement effect, but I'm just trying to think, but David T, I'm thinking maybe the last time, although it would be slightly different case with uh, the 55 season being behind closed doors, but that togetherness in that 55 season, you know, this kind of togetherness can be something that can lead teams towards success. Do you think this kind of togetherness in the club is could lead to something brilliant? I think it's the biggest thing that there is in a football team, to be honest with you. If you're all fighting in the same direction, you're all friends with each other. And I've said it a few times, I'd, I'd heard long before that uh, you actually got, got, got the sack. That, um, that there was trouble in the, the, the dressing room that the, the senior players, Tavernier and, and Connor Goldson, I'd heard, um, did have trouble with uh, with, with Beal. So, and all the, all the, I mean, it was the first thing that Coman said when he came in. We need to get the fans back on the side. We need to, we need to sort of make a family again. And and that's what's uh, that, that that's what's just happened. That he's got obviously got the dressing room behind him. That's it. I mean, you can just see now they're fighting for each other, and that's the thing. Will you go into the Will you go into the trenches and will you fight for each other? And that's what Rangers are doing at the moment. They're in the trenches fighting for each other, and it's, it's the biggest thing in football. And one thing I think is, I mean, I know Rangers are absolutely fantastic for doing these charity events. Absolutely brilliant. They go to to the the hospitals, children's hospitals, and uh, it's it's a thing. Unfortunately, I'm I'm very very. Uh, I, I know a lot about as well because uh, my own son was in uh, was in hospital for the first part of his life, and he is actually now a Feyenoord supporter because Feyenoord do the exact same thing. They go to children's hospitals, and probably a lot of football teams do it. It's uh, it's very so. I'll give every you know, Rangers and, and probably other clubs uh, a great uh, tick in the box for that one. Uh, for children, so it's un- unbelievable. You don't realise how many sick children they are until you're sort of a uh, faced with it. So anyway, to, to go back, but no, being a being a family, being a, being a together team, want to fight in the trenches, want to yeah, not not seriously, but want to die for each other. That's uh, I mean, you see with, with McCausland running 60, 60 meter sprint to try and get back and defend. That's a that that's a thing that wasn't there under Beal, and that's the thing that's there though. They're fighting for their manager. They're fighting for each other. Definitely, um, Dean. As obviously, you throw it back to that team, that environment under Michael Beal. The word "toxic" was 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 used. The toxicity in the camp, toxicity at the ground for match days. Um, it's hard. It's hard to really. At that point, if you think back to when we, we got beat at home to Aberdeen, which meant the end for Michael Beale, to think of this turnaround even being conceivable, to be perfectly honest. We had a lot of questions at that time. Um, would the board pull the trigger? Because at that time, there was a lot of pressure put on your Ross Wilsons, your, your Douglas Parks, your John Bennett's at that point, your you know, Bisgroves to really 
make a, a big decision. Were they going to back their man, who they brought in, or know that doing that would gift the title to Celtic? And at that point, you probably would have said they might have still gifted it. It would have been too late, potentially, at that point. But you bring in Philip Clement, and now it seems like the table has well and truly turned. You look across the other side of the city, a complete mirror image to the way that we were with Beal towards the end of the toxicity in the stadium. Um, booing the players at full time, wanting the manager gone, wanting real questions asked of the board, recruitment staff. It's just incredible that this is possible. And that togetherness that we've got now is just, it's such a, a breath of fresh air when you compare it to the how bad it is across the city. Yeah, um, the... The, the comments that I think Dave King used for like a deck of cards, if you both remember that, it's kind of quite synonymous now. And because if you think about it, we are now in a position where we are we're ahead. We're only ahead by a couple of points. But you can already see them folding. Now, I'm not saying that's going to be the case at the end of the season, but it's only going to play to our advantage. And that unit that you've said that we've had, that we have, sorry, but not had that since 55. Um, and the dynamics in the club have shifted somewhat to, to how, you know, we should be run from top to bottom. And that's um, a massive credit to the board changing things up. I mean, going to the, going, going to the extent of getting Graeme Souness to help with the, you know, with, with Clement coming in, obviously he, he wanted Lampard, but his presence, his, you know, him being the Rangers man that he is and wanting the best for the club in his heart was, you know, probably paramount to the decision making between Clement and Muscat. So, and given that Muscat is obviously the, the former player, but now we're in a position of strength and the board made the right decision. Everything from top to bottom has changed for the better. So now we've got our foot on the on the throat. The, the players, that unit, they're, they're they'd run. I know people you keep going on about running through brick walls for the manager at Rangers. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's playing for us and what manager it is. That you sh they should be doing that anyway because it's Rangers. But the players. Well run through brick balls for each other and you see that after the games, see that when they're celebrating goals, you know, and that's that's that that's the foundations of a successful team on the pitch is the players playing for each other. And we know that your Ross will run back those 60 yards now. When before if it would happen, it would, you know, it'd be oh, he's ran back, whereas now he's like that's happening every time because that's how the players have, you know, they're wanting to do that and they can feel it in the stands. There's no more, you know, anxiety, people biting their nails and jeers and like that credibly crap silence when things are not going well, you know, we're, we're up against the cost and the fans are just waiting for the slightest wee thing to go wrong before we're starting complaining. Now we're actually waiting for the next thing, the next thing to go right, aren't we? Definitely. Um, you mentioned the word anxiety there. That's definitely a, 
a kind of word that is was thrown about the kind of post-January blues that we've had under recent managers. Um, being in a position of strength before the winter break and coming back and the players in the park would look like they've never kicked the ball each other in their entire life. Um, with, under Clermont, we were all, I think we were all aware that, that given the fact that the group hasn't changed, the group of players hasn't drastically changed, there's not been wholesale change, there's still relatively the same core of group, uh, core group of players over the last three, four seasons. Now you're talking um, being a successful team in 55, and but before then struggled to get over that final hurdle. And then once Gerard leaves after having the, you know, the advantage, we, we gave it away and they won the league. Look at these games, like Ross County at home, you know, we conceded a, a relatively annoying goal. Uh, it's, a poor, it's a poor word to say, but it was it's frustrating because it's a, a goal we've seen a couple of times this season. But David T, we conceded that goal and there's maybe a, a, a small minority of the support that still yeah. falls back into that nervy mode of the, oh, this could be an either way game. They get a bounce and we're going to lose this. But the majority of the crowd's now turned, and there's the kind of it's patience is the, is the word I would use to describe the support now because it feels like we're good enough and we know we're good enough and we can do it. Let's just relax and let the players do their job. There's not as much of the I'm going to shout at the player to wake him up and then he'll do his job. It's a let leave them to it. There's trust from the manager to the players. And having that trust back, I think we're seeing it now more than ever. It's it's, it's a real... So this might be the, probably the first time since the 55 season where there's been a trust in the players uh, and, of course, from the manager as well. Listen, you'll always get people that are, are, are just going to there, are just there to, to lambast players. I remember back in the... the, the Obviously, I'm not uh, a lot of games, but back in the, the nine in a row time, I think it was when when Robertson was uh, was a left back. I remember the game was in about I think it was was just over a minute, a minute and twenty seconds, and a, a guy by a guy quite near me anyway started absolutely calling him uh, all the names under the sun, and I'm thinking the game's twenty a minute and twenty seconds old. I just how how can he be, how can we do all these things? When, when the game's just that, so you're always you're always going to have these people, and I know I've got I've, I've got a cousin that, that's that's something like that as well. So um, it's uh, they are there, but I think the majority, and I think you know if you you hear the build my gallows going round the ground, that seems to be get get everybody going. Uh, it's it's just a shame. I mean, the, the games I was at this year. Obviously, it was under the bill time, so it, it would be the different circumstances. But the 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 game, the the, the Ibrox was like a graveyard at times. Uh, I mean, there was just absolutely no singing, no. But as I said, that was under the bill time, so it, I, I, I don't see it. You don't. I mean, on on Rangers TV, you know, would you see the booming drum that I keep shouting about? <laughs> Which they shut that booming drum up, but. Um, but, um, no, I, I just think it's a shame, and hopefully, if, uh, once the Union Bears, I mean, Union Bears are absolutely fantastic for 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 trying to get the atmosphere going, and hopefully, once they're behind the goal, that that 
more people will join in. And I don't I don't understand why people don't join in. I mean, if there's good songs, I know there's a lot of songs that we don't sort of know, that, well, at least the old ones don't sort of know. Uh, but, I, I mean, but, but when, when, if you're not going to be happy now and be able to cheer on your team with the circumstances we've got now, then, then you'd as well given up because it's, it's never going to happen. But we, uh, I mean, I, I don't ever remember Rangers the way uh, the, the team across the side went and started throwing crash barriers about and things like that. I don't ever remember that in all the years that I've supported Rangers, ever seen Rangers supporters doing things like that. But I might be wrong with other people who Obviously, I mean, I, I, I'm not one that would, would go to things like that anyway. So, but um, no, I think uh, I, I think we need to get behind the team. If we're going to win this league, it needs to be with the supporters on side. It needs to be with everybody on side. And yeah, as I say, if we don't, you can't do it now. Then, then you probably never do it. Yeah, I, I think you're you're totally spot on. It's it's. I felt like a very much a now or never kind of refresh when Clement came in that we had to kind of address the the toxicity and Ibrox. I mean, you look back at it now and it's, you just think it's it's a horrible place. You're going to games. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to be a season ticket holder with my dad and going to the home games and you know banners getting brushed as you said we don't we don't throw things we don't throw the the barriers but um you can see there was a almost a banner every game from the union bears kind of um voicing their opinion because as you said they're the most vocal part of our support um they say the things that some of the more quiet supporters think about is the best way i would describe them as um you can sit and think the manager's not good enough but they will tell the club via banners and and you know the way that they they, they they organize these kind of you know messages in the stands that the home games that this this is the voice of the ranger support we're not happy um then you flip it to now and the union bears are part of it's uh it's part of a very special time and i'm sure with european nights coming ahead of us all from my eyebrows you're gonna have a spectacle put on by the Union Bears. Talking about these kind of spectacles, I said the European nights. Obviously, tonight is the second leg of the playoff round in the Europa League, heading to the, the round of 16, which Rangers obviously had a bye to. Dean, uh, I, I put it in, in the agenda. I don't know if you would have had enough time to to come up with one, Davey. The same, it will come to you after this. Same question. Um, we're aware these Europa League nights in the last few years have had some magical moments. Um, in the atmosphere, big results against big teams, with the potential to have even bigger teams playing again. Again, there's some big teams left in this Europa League draw. Um, if we get by this round, then we become mixed in with the, the seeded teams again. Um, what is your kind of biggest kind of? I don't know if it's a a crowd moment, a goal, a match itself. What would you say is your kind of? best moment in the recent years of Rangers in the Europa League um, Hadji at home against Braga honestly 2-0 two, two down to come back and win 3-2 Joe Rebo left back I mean I know people have said that the biggest cheers they've ever heard like we're done 2-0 at home to Braga 
And I mean, fans started to leave as well. I remember seeing a couple leaving and all that, you know. And uh, and I mean, when that free kick went in, I remember actually I was going mental and I was uh, <laughs> turning and looked at the guy next to me and I'm like, how can you not be like feeling sure you're okay right now? Um, uh, and, and I had videoed it on my phone. Honestly, man, absolutely phenomenal. So I so in recent years, that's definitely my one of my favourite moments, I for sure. What what about you? I mean, I think uh, we played Porto at Ibrox earlier in the Stephen Gerrard era, where um, I mean, I think uh, Fabio Silva actually might have been in the Porto team that night. Come to think about it, but. Uh, Morelos scored, I think, <laughs> I, I remember because of the funniest, it was might have been the funniest commentary line I think I'd heard from Mally McCoy at that time. He's had some real cracker since, which have topped it. But he, he, he starts to go for, that's the best goal you'll ever, ever see. And then he went, I think I might have scored better goals than that in my lifetime. And anyway, <laughs> that's the best goal you'll see this week. And it was like, okay, cheers, Ali. Um, and then Stephen Davis with the, the most wicked of deflections. Um got as a second that game and obviously Stephen Davis if anyone ever listened to the the pod when the, the announcement of his retirement came out we'll know how much Stephen Davis means to me as a, a player um, as I said I'm a relatively younger supporter and Stephen Davis was was my idol uh, growing up but um, yeah that, I'd say that goal that goal from Davis to which was, it was quite close one after the other and the kind of moment of Davis has hit the ball and deflections wrong footed the keeper and you know it's going in and you're already celebrating and obviously it's Davis as well for me so it was an extra massive moment um, we had a, a good few of those under Gerard, David T I've went for the Porto game at Ibrox Dean's went for that, that night against Braga, any different opinion from you? Obviously I'm not at a an awful lot of home games so I know the one that everybody talks about that sticks out for a lot of people is the Leipzig game mm. uh, we, had to, we, had to, we had to get uh, they, they were two, two, two goals in front I think we had to get three to win it and, uh, and we done it um, the big game for me was obviously away from home uh, I was in Eindhoven for the 1-0 win Mm. And that was just absolutely fantastic. That was uh, just uh, absolutely brilliant. And at the end up, the the PSV uh, players came up to their end. We were all stuck in a corner and came up to their end. They, they, they all came up to their end, which was quite near us. And we were all uh, we were all chanting, uh, always look on the bright side of life. And funnily enough, uh, Luke de Jong, when, when they, they beat us this time, he said he, he obviously hurt him at that time because he came back this time and said uh, always look on the bright side of life and he obviously got that from the year before because we were all singing that uh, 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 that but um, that was a fantastic atmosphere but I think as far as Rangers the the one I've I've heard that everybody talking about is Leipzig it was uh, obviously a very very big one so the last big game I was at was when Rangers beat Celtic uh, a few years ago. 3-0 I was in the club deck and the atmosphere was absolutely in the club deck was absolutely fantastic that, that day as well so that's a I've, I've not got a lot of home games to talk about yeah. guys so I, I don't really get that atmosphere 
I uh, I had the unfortunate timing of I missed pretty much. Well, I didn't get to Dortmund away. I think that's a given. Um, I, th- I think there was a, the the amount of Rangers fans that got there. I think obviously because Germany were still having, um, uh, kind of section supporters. There wasn't there was the kind of smaller attendances due to the kind of COVID um restrictions still being in Germany at that point. I think it was um. But, uh, I tried. Sorry, Andrew. I tried to get tickets for that game and couldn't get them because of COVID. Yeah, um, but I was un- I was unfortunately I had I had COVID during the for the home game, so I would have been going to that night that night with my my dad. But me, my mum, and my dad watched it at home. I also was in holiday in in Greece for the Leipzig game at home. Um, so I missed that one as well. But my mum and dad were there and phoned me as soon as they got out of the. Out of the ground, which was great. To, obviously, you and your family members so ecstatic about a result. Um, it's a, it's a great feeling. I think it, it, there were so many moments in that geo run to Seville. I mean, going to Red Star and the environment that, that their support bring. You know the the fierce, fierce atmosphere. Kent holding his nerve, a very, a very obvious deflection. I don't think Ryan Kent will tell you it was a deflected goal, but it definitely was. Um, jumping over the barrier and and, and posing in front of the other cameras. I, I think that's a very underrated because obviously the game at Ibrox was quite a, a fierce tie. There were a lot of nearly moments for Red Star. I think they put the ball in the net twice and twice it got called back for VAR, um, which was... Scary on the night having the ball go in the net twice, but then saviour in the offside. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Definitely, I'm keeping an eye on where we're currently sitting. Um, I don't think there's been many major upsets so far from from looking at the results as they stand. Um, Freiburg won the big game between Lens, which was a 0 0 on the first, first leg. Um, this is the full time results. Carabag have uh, put out our old pals Braga, so we'll not have another meeting with them in the knockouts. Um, interesting. I think they played Celtic in the Champions League qualifiers a few years back. Um, unfortunately, there was no magic in uh, in France in in Rene. So, unfortunately, AC Milan are still in there. So, fingers crossed. We don't get uh, we don't uh, pull them in the draw. I mean, they get beat on the night. They get beat three two, but because they won so comfortably at home in the first leg, they won 5-3 on aggregate. Um, you're looking at, I think it's Benfica have gone through, they beat Toulouse, um, so they're another big name that would be interesting. We played them in the Europa League recently, I think we drew in both of the games we played against mm-hmm. them, home and away. Um, and obviously you've still got Roma, Feyenoord, Marseille and Shakhtar, Sparta Prague and Galatasaray and Sporting versus BSC Young Boys. Um, they both all those games have just started the second half. And all of them but one are currently at one each. So the main one they are being at one each is probably Roma and Final Two are still two each on aggregate then. Um which is a, I think we I wouldn't it'd be interested in getting Roma, even though Mourinho has been sacked, uh, and De Rossi is the manager, but we've played Final uh, at Decoip and we played them at Ibrox we got 1-0 and I think it was a draw in Holland so I don't think that would be too bad but I think they're a much better team now than they were then um, so it would be interesting to see um, I think 
as it stands. Feyenoord are not great this year. Feyenoord are not great. Was a, I, what I noted was that I was I, I looked at isn't their keeper Ryan? I, I can't. I never understand how you pronounce his name. I'm gonna say Bijlo. I want to say I could I could be wrong, um, but he's been injured for the last couple of games, so they're without the, the keeper, the starting keeper. Um, but, and I know that Roma are without Tammy Abraham, but that could be back by the first leg. So I don't know. I I I kind of I don't want to get the winner in that tie at all. Same with Milan. I seen. I I know there's a section of Rangers fans that really want. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're the big team. You want to pull the big name for the big night at AC at the San Siro or something along those lines. I, I don't want that. I'd take, if Carabag's an option, I, I don't want to, no disrespect to Carabag because I don't want to jinx us if we do pull them. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'd t- I'd take I take that, but I don't want. I'd rather not have the risk of a thumping off of an AC ruining this kind of good vibe that we've got. You think about how long it took us to get our feet under us again after the Liverpool result. Um, I think it. I'd, although obviously the Europa League isn't at all our priority. It could potentially derail our kind of a feel good factor at the moment. It, I don't, I, as I said, I'm not a big fan of getting the the, the glamour tie, David Teed. I, I'd be happy with the, the the easiest in quotes option. Nope. If, you, if you're going to win it, you're going to have to beat everybody. So that's 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 I mean, I mean sorry, Andrew, but you're starting to sound a wee bit like Geo there before we go into the <laughs> Liverpool game. Uh, we've no chance before we start. I think we can. We've got a chance against everybody with this team with the, the way we're playing. And I mean, I don't think there's that big a difference uh, from from the way uh, the, the, with all these teams at the moment. I, I, I think I think we'd, we'd give any team a game there. And Liverpool are, are probably the best of the lot. I, I would imagine Liverpool win it. I'd, I'd quite like to stay stay clear of Liverpool, but I'd, I'd, I'm, I'm not really. And even even if, if if we were to get put out, the fact that we go in there and, and put up a fight, that was the worst thing about the Liverpool game. We never put up a fight. And I don't know, I, I, obviously I wasn't in the room, I wasn't a fly in the wall, but the, the stories were then that Gio had sort of given up before before we even went on to the park. 
And yeah, that that's just the way not to do it, of course. But I think, I mean, we went, went into Europe, not as, who expected us to get to the final two years ago or three years ago? It was nobody expected us to get to the final. But I think I think you've got, and if you want to to, to talk about not looking away from that, I want to go back to the to, to the atmosphere on the ground. I think the football we're playing now brings it on as as well. The atmosphere on the ground. If you look at the way we played with Geo, that horseshoe passing the ball sideways, passing the ball backwards, passing the ball. And if you look at the way we're playing now, direct the ball as quick as it can up front. Let's, let's get in and get in about it there. That brings that brings a uh, big crowds and 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 happy crowds. And yeah, that's just the the, the way I see it. We I, I don't really care who we get to be honest with you. Obviously, it's great if you get a you you get a team that that you come and you 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 play um, like Clarabec and they, they bring two supporters and uh, the atmosphere at Ibrox is rubbish. Or you, you, you get an Inter Milan and or an AC Milan, is it, sorry? Yeah. Uh, and, and and you give them a good game. It's a great atmosphere at Ibrox. You either lose or you win, but it's a great atmosphere, a great night. Would you not rather have that than 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 just getting one of these wee teams that that, that come and sit with ten men behind the ball? I think we, we support Rangers because we want to see these big games. If it comes early in the cup, that, that's that's unfortunate, but if it comes later, then it's obviously better. But that's the games you want. You don't. Uh, I would hate to to play one the uh, Beck or whatever you call them, and get put out with them. And then you're thinking, Jesus God, we never get any of these big teams there, and we we never got them. We never had a big night at Ibrox, and that's. Uh, I just I just think, yeah, bring them on. I'd like to miss Liverpool, right? And I must admit, we'll keep them for Dublin. I, luckily, we, we we don't get them until the next round. At least um, we are seeded like ourselves, which is good. But again, that shows the hard work we put in previously. So we're not just there on merit. We you know we 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 fought for our seeded position. You know we topped the group, so um, nobody can have any complaints. But they are because of the work we did. Um, Dean, uh, same question. Are you are you the fan of the glamour tie, um, or do you maybe want to keep them for a uh, for Dublin in the final. <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you, the who we get next, it really doesn't matter because I think um, one of our viewers, Aldo, had said, you know, doesn't matter really last 16 if we get put out or not as long as we win the league, which is, you know, which is my thoughts entirely. But with this team, I do not, in this way that they were, that were coached and managed, I do not, irrespective of who we get, AC Milan, Roma, you know, the, the big guns, I can't see us, you know, if we do end up getting put out, getting, you know, our arse spanked like we did, you know, against Liverpool. I do think that, you know, well, it'll be close, whoever we get, but I'd love to see us get Galatasaray because we... We, we've got a wee bit of uh, banter, to say the least, with their fans and our fans. And um, Ibrox would be absolutely rocking that night. Um, I, I think there'd be a, an extra 10% given by the fans because of 
who the opposing fans are and the opposing team is. So that's who I'd like to see. Um, but I, I think that it doesn't matter who we get. You know, if if we can go all the way to Dublin like we did two years ago, fantastic. But let's let's say make sure that we win the league. Came in. Um, aye, but didn't even get in any closer to us, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, that's that, that's that's my thoughts. And, and to be honest with you, two years ago, I put a, I put a tenor on us to get to the final. Aim, um, sorry, to win. Um, the day that Aaron Ramsey signed, I thought he was going to take us to the next level. Um, I wasn't far away, given he missed the penalty. So, um, I I thought we had a chance then, and I would say we've got as much a chance now. You know, no, nobody. And at all, apart from Rangers fans, thought we would beat Dortmund, and we went over there. And what was it, four two? I mean, yeah, like we, I would see the way that David just raised the way that we're playing football now. That directness, teams have a we have a history of, you know, disrespecting us and not really taking us seriously, and we've. We've ruffled a few feathers and put a few noses out of joint over the over the last few years in Europe. Well, no, let's not talk about the Champions League exploits last time round. But in the Europa League, you know, we're a match for any, I would say. So, hi, like David says, bring it on. Yeah, I think it'll be very yeah, interesting. Oh, go on. Say something. Uh, I, I think a good leg for us. I think is it that comes from is it Shakhtar? Yep. The, 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 I think that would be a good game because they've been playing their games in Hamburg yep. and obviously then it would be two home games for us <laughs> to be honest with you you took the so, one straight uh, out of my mouth I was going there for the next point <laughs> ok sorry sorry to take that out of your mouth uh, Andrew no, no, <laughs> no it was just more to bring up the fact obviously with Hamburg being a partner club now I, think, I can't remember I think that might be the term in the fans' affiliation, that would be a certainly interesting uh, trip for the Rangers fans, and maybe not a not so long trip for some other Rangers fans uh, to go to the Volkspark Stadium. But um, yeah, I think I would bet Shakhtar's an interesting one. I mean, they, they played Celtic in the Champions League. Um, I think Mikhailo Mudrik, known known for his, I was going to say exploits at Chelsea, but maybe not so much. Um, he gave him a rough night. I'm looking at some of those teams. We have played a few of them, obviously, in the past. Um, um, your Marseille. I don't think many Rangers fans hold many nice things to say about Marseille. Um, that would be a rather heated environment at Ibrox. Um, Benfica, as I said, we'd played in the Europa League. Uh, Feyenoord we'd played. Um, Freiburg, another German team. We've had some successes and some failings against some German teams. Galatasaray, I think, would be an interesting one. I'd like to see Galatasaray. If I was to get the chance um, to pick who we got, I'd take Galatasaray. Um, that's a big name. It's like, you need to dust off your Ryan Kent Fenerbahce jerseys uh, if anybody's silly <laughs> enough to own one of them. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think there'll be many uh, opposition rival team jersey against a, a Galatasaray or an AC... Um, I think everyone was pulling up the the Amsterdam X's against the final that I broke the last time, if I remember correctly. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Roll on tomorrow. I think it's eleven o'clock. I want to say it starts for the proceedings, but knowing UEFA, they will milk every second out of it for you know for the joys of Sky or whoever's 
televising the draw, bring out some player from. I'm gonna go. I think Claude Macaulay or somebody like somebody along those lines, a, a football legend, uh, to to do the draw. Um, it'll take another four and a half hours, but um, I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll move on to something that I just this was a spur of the moment, lads. So apologies if I kind of drop this on you. It wasn't in the agenda, but there was a lot of talk a few a, a couple of weeks ago about the Europa League squad. Um, obviously we had to make some changes to the team that Michael Beale had submitted. Um, obviously with some some new players coming in in January. Um, looking at the squad, I mean, obviously Diamandis into the squad. Obviously, a rather he's been a, a decent start through his Rangers career. He scored against Johnston. Um, Fabio Silva makes the team. Um, not a spot for Oscar Cortez, David T. Um, you're gonna have to put up with Matondo uh, for some more games. Uh, but a more serious point. Um, Cortez, do you think this is a? Obviously, we only could make three changes. I think, I think as Paul uh, Paul McGarrett, let's see, I'll just bring it up on the screen. Um, Red Van Silva and Diamande came into the squad. Um, I, unfortunately, when you look at the three we brought in, I don't think you could swap any of them to bring in Oscar Cortez. No, obviously we need a, a left back. We need a, a striker. And Diamondi's been sort of a, the, the the diamond and the and of the, the 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 players coming in at the moment. So I don't think I think we've got to take him. Uh, yeah, we, we could only bring in three. I, I, I think the rule is absolutely crap. I mean, why you've got to make a, a decision on in, in a squad months before the games are actually are played? I have no idea why you can't just pick a team from your the players you've got available. On that night, I will never know what this rule is supposed to do. I have totally no idea. But uh, yeah, hopefully, I believe that the the homegrown player rule is getting kicked out because it's breaking European law. So hopefully, that gets kicked out, and uh, that 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 won't be a question anymore. It will be still great to bring through our own players, young Scottish players, of course, but. Unfortunately, I was leading today that uh, another one's going to probably be going to get picked away from us. Um, uh, a young boy, the uh, Smith, he's called fifteen-year-old, probably going to be go down to Arsenal. It's unfortunate that obviously at fifteen we can't do anything about it because uh, all we all we will get is uh, academy money. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. But we, I mean, we've just—it was just—I forgot the guy's name now. But we've just uh, picked out another point. We've a player away from another team, so I suppose we're doing it in, in reverse. But uh, unfortunately, but it looks like we're going to lose another fifteen-year-old boy. But um, I've, I've sort of lost where I was now. <laughs> it was the Cortez uh, coming into the, not being able to get yeah. into the squad. I think. No, I just—I just think the rules absolutely stupid. I don't understand it, and I don't. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't agree with it. Yeah. Uh, Dean, obviously, with um, with the three we brought in, another thing then, and it's another rule, I think, obviously, Paul again had said, obviously, Cortez technically isn't actually our player because he's on loan, and Lens were in the competition, so I don't know if that would have caused us any annoyance anyway, but um, we've also moved on... Uh, Jose Cifuentes, he was in that squad, but obviously, unfortunately, 
that doesn't help us at all. He still counts as a spot. We can't he, we, by he doesn't get taken out just because he's left the club. Um, you think obviously as an extra player, then you could maybe have had a wee bit more room to to move about your team. Uh, the main I, again, I'll, I'll I'll I think thanks to Paul again. Redvan obviously comes in. Um, we were stuck with Borna in the team when he was injured, so it's nice to have two. And I'm going to touch wood to two fully fit left backs. Uh, to any Celtic fans listening, that they, that is a possibility. Your team just doesn't have two fully fit left backs, and uh, it's, it's your own problem, unfortunately. But having Ridvan as an option, who's been brilliant, having Bonner as an option, who, when called upon, has been brilliant, we're not going to have the same juggling that Phil had to do. Uh, I think Lima's always had to play with Ben Davies at left back. I know Sterling's diver. He's a very diverse player. He can play in the midfield. So he could probably take that spot as as a as a midfielder that Cifuentes maybe lost as an option in the midfield. I think looking back at it, I I think that's probably the best or what you would have got at the time. I think that's probably. I don't think I could have made any more changes that would have gave us a better chance, shall we say? No, the. I mean, it's the same rules for everybody, isn't it? So. We're, we're in a position of frustration because of how shit the rule is, whereas it's actually it's how how rubbish Bila, sorry for the language, but that's the that's where we're at with it because the manager that was in charge really didn't seem to have a scooby what he was doing. And Philip Clement's made comments regarding that and you know, he can only his hands are tied to a certain extent. And yeah, Cortez seems to be really good and you'd think I reckon he'd do good in Europe but looking at things that see the, the three options Silva you know no brainer Dio Mandy no brainer um, I mean it wasn't that long ago when Dio Mandy signed with very little you know legs in midfield Sterling having to come in and adjust to his game although he'd done it brilliantly but still having to you know come on having to do that then you've got Ridvan Coming in at left back, he's Rangers' number one left back. Barisic is just a you, you can't you can't trust him. He, so I so definitely the the best sort of three you can make a you know good argument near Sterling or Ben Davies to play left back. Um, I seen somebody else saying that the I can never pronounce his name, but the the left is it Yefeko or the, the left back? It's he's he's on the B. Yep. The B team list is that right? So um, um, we could have, you know, the, there could have been an argument there for we've got options at left back if you're not for playing Barisic to allow Cortez into the team. So I can see both sides of the coin, but going by you know players that have been playing well in the first team, yeah, you've got to you've got to take the gamble and putting Ridvan in, and I mean Ridvan is just brings you. More and more every game he seems to play defensively attacking. He's uh, he's um, a bit of a nightmare for for the opposing players at times when he's coming in. He's going outside. I'm looking forward to seeing to seeing him um, performing in the, in the last sixteen. Anyway, I think Silva's experience in Europe is obviously a no-brainer and a lack of options up front. And as I said, Dio Mandy would any go to be paying big money for him for him not to be going in the squad. So aye, that's pretty much it. I think, yeah, obviously, when we're calling Dio now, I think everyone can, it's 
shortening his name down. Dio, yeah. Dio's a man. Um, I think obviously with his kind of experience in Europe, obviously Nordschland, I think is how you pronounce it. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a tongue twister that name. Um, I think that's a great addition into the midfield. I mean, Thursday night, John and there, Jack still there, Raskin when he comes back from his his uh, his injury, which I believe is making good progress. I obviously played in the youth game the other day. It wasn't a brilliant game by any account, but more valuable time in the legs. Um, you know, I think that's obviously having this option of Sterling in the midfield is good. I think having realistically. We couldn't not have Fabio Silva in the team for the rumoured... Given the amount of money that we're rumoured to be paying in his loan fee, to not have him in the European squad would have been useless. <laughs> I think it would have been a massive waste, to be perfectly honest. So I think he was a no-brainer. Um, then also, I'll, I'll bring on, obviously... He's had some experience with us... Uh, he played in that one of those games. I think it was game in Amsterdam that you, you went to, David T. I know you've been a big fan of him recently, Tom Lawrence. Um, he obviously is still in this team. He, for the amount of... Uh, he's been here a while in terms of his, his, what, his second season. And we've had uh, the Champions League a bit last season, the group stage of the Europa League this season, the, and the qualifiers in the Champions League this season also. But obviously with his injuries, he hasn't really had... That much game time, he's missed a lot of man games, and, and I think uh, from what we've seen last, and obviously it would have been last season, and in the Champions League of Geo, but Tom Lawrence, he's been brilliant in the league. Yeah, I think he's a player that would, might be even better in the European night. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I just think he's a brilliant player. I think he's a fantastic player. <laughs> and just to, to, to remind us that we, we've got a really massive game in, uh, coming on on Saturday that, that we haven't talked about yet. Um, uh, yeah. and one, one, one worry that, that for me is, well, I've been trying to get information in all week and nobody seems to know, was that Todd Cantwell put on an ice pack on his hamstring at the end of the game last week. And I don't know whether he's been training, whether he's not been training, whether he whether he's injured, whether he's not injured. I was trying to get that information because I think it's. I mean, for me, Lawrence will be the team for 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 the weekend. But the problem is, where will he play? Will he play on the left? I'm I'm putting uh, Diamande and um, Lundstrom in the midfield. We would have thought of that, uh, and. Uh, if that's the case, then I would have Cantwell as a number ten and Lawrence as a number eleven uh, coming in from the the left hand side. But if obviously if Cantwell can't make it, then I think the the, the pick of the bunch would be Lawrence putting Lawrence in the number ten position, and then you would have the room for the extra winger that, that would uh, probably McCausland would be my way to go and Cortez on the left hand side. I'm afraid Matondo wouldn't be in there, but. Uh, so, and just to go on, I would prefer Yilmaz. I wouldn't have said that a few months ago either. I'd prefer Yilmaz to to um, Borna Barisic at the moment. And the big the big top point for me for, for the game on Saturday is uh, do we play Balligan or do we play Suter? My choice would be Balligan, but that's another. I'll leave that open for you guys to fill in. Yeah, Dean, that's a... That's a- Definitely a big question. Obviously, but Balogun didn't make the squad the European list, even though 
it was the, I think he said in the day before the, the, the list was confirmed that he, he was expecting to be added to the list. Mm-hmm. But I think the more you think about it, having maybe that more experienced head, probably given the priority in more of the league games, if we keep advancing, you're going to have Suter playing the Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. With his injury yeah. record, you'd be thinking it'd be nice to have the experienced head of Balogun. Do you think he might come in tomorrow? I think... Um, not tomorrow, um, at the weekend. Obviously, there was some talk he was having some issues with his face mask. Um, he's going to have mm-hmm. to be wearing. But um, he played during the week. Do you think he, he gets a space or do you, do you keep the two centre-backs that we had at the weekend there? I don't think you, you change that, you know, that, that tripod, so to speak, where keepers obviously not going to change. But Goldson and Suter, Suter seems to be coming on to a game. He's, I think he's improving by the game, so... I wouldn't be taking him out for Hearts. Um, I would be, and I'd be having advantage life back. But the game before the Europa League match, I'd be definitely playing Balogun. That's I. Uh, you've got to manage Suter's fitness. Um, I mean, it's it's a shame, but he's you know very prone to injury, and you would hate to have him playing every game, then get injured. And then we've got to play Ben Davies in Europe, you know, albeit if we get past the next round and stuff. So I would definitely be playing Balogun, and you're right. He's, um, he he loves these, he's quite a very big character in the dressing room. So having that, and he's no, the, he was part of the, the team that won 55 and undefeated, and as I said earlier, the clean sheet record. So having that, voice and that personality, that experience in the changing room and then on the pitch and in the league is only going to, you know, encourage and what have you with, you know, other players. So, yeah, definitely keep him for the league and suit him for Europe. That's got to be, aye, that's, that's got to be the way that we're doing it. And then whatever happens in the Europa League, I would still expect Clermont to be retaking because we'll still be going for the Scottish Cup as well. So there will be, you know, still... So, you know, fighting on all fronts and uh, domestically anyway. So, uh, he's, um, you can see as well, there's a massive difference within the last two managers to now how how good he is at managing. I mean, there was a few eyebrows raised at the the, the selection at the weekend, but when you actually break it down and you analyse why he done what he done, it's actually very good, very good management um, by him. So, I don't, um, I Two years ago, Ben we had Van Bronckhurst, he, would, he played the same team every single game. Then we had Morelos getting injured because he was, you know, because of that missing Europa League final. Arfield looked like he was, you know, running on fumes, so to speak. So um, we can definitely see him bringing the freshness throughout the, the squad. So I think that's the back four. We did Van, and then you've got Dio and Lunny. I think you keep that in midfield. I think you go with the strongest teams. I'd go Ross, Todd, Cortez, and um, and I'd, I'd be going with Dessers up front. That's because I, 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 he's got one in every two. So <laughs> my logic is, you know, he, he's in great positions and missed a couple of sitters. So Hartsey will do the business. That's uh, the same kind of where I'm, where I'm optimisms with that. But if he does choose to play Todd and... Um, Tom Lawrence, I do think that you would you would see them rotating, like you know, 
one playing the ten, one playing the eight, and vice versa. You know, interchanging into their positions, and I think it'd be quite fluid with them. So, but maybe I'll say that with Dio and Todd anyway. But I think um, if Todd and Tom are both to play, I think the I Cortez and and Ross, you you know, are probably our two strongest wingers. I would say so. I that's what I would go with. I think uh, we'll probably hear more about this tomorrow with obviously the pressure right. with the manager after the draw. You get his immediate thoughts on on who we've got. Um, obviously, we get your kind of, as we'll find out DVT's question on Todd Cantwell's status for the weekend, and I believe um, we're going to be having some content put up tomorrow in reaction to the draw. So keep your eyes peeled on the channel for that one and on the socials. I will say thank you to both my guests tonight. I'll round it off with both of your prediction for Hearts at the weekend. David T, what do you see the score being against Heart of Midlothian? Well, thanks for having me on. Thanks for everybody for listening in. I'm, I'm going to go for 3-1 Rangers. Uh, I think uh, Shankland will probably score after me saying that, uh, that I didn't want him brought into to Rangers, so he'll probably score just to upset me. I think I think we'll go three one. Three one, Dean. What's your take on the, the score? Two one. Dacers double and Shankland to get the goal for them. <laughs> I think what we've learned is that we uh, we are definitely well aware of Hearts' danger man. Um, I think the press will. We'll definitely be asking about how we stop him. Um, I need to remember that since the turn of the year, Hearts have had a better points return than our cross-city rivals. Definitely not a team to be taking lightly. I'm going to go for a 2-1. Uh, the Hearts scorer is the same as both of you. Uh, it will be Shankland. Um, let's chuck a Tav pen in there. And, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say a Cortez goal. Um you know, I don't know. This, this is just pure guest work. Um, but I'm hoping Aye. the wee man gets his goal. Um, but until then, uh, again, thank you to both my guests. Thank you to everyone watching and uh, listening back. Um, you know, again, maybe tomorrow we'll, we'll, we'll see some more content on the channel about that draw. Fingers crossed you get who you're wanting. I know who I'm wanting um, in terms of the, the glamour tie or the, the smaller tie. Um, but until then... We'll see you back on Sunday after Rangers match versus Hearts. Thank you for listening, folks. And we are the people.